Hello, welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world. But not only how to make money, but how to make a difference. And we definitely have a difference maker on the show here today. And, uh, you know, speaking of difference making, that's one of our big passions too. Uh, while we're traveling, we love volunteering, giving back, and support communities. Uh, we've been working with some amazing organizations, so shout out to them, SOS Children's Village. We actually volunteer or teach English at, uh, we did it a lot in South America, the, some of the orphanages there, and a chain of love, and YWAM. So there's a few organizations we're working with, and whenever we find a new, um, you know, travel organizations that are making a difference, we love featuring them. We love highlighting them and really, um, you know, uh, showing uh, how travel is not just about uh, sightseeing or bucket list items, but it's really about impacting the world and making a place. So I have a difference maker on the show here today, and she's actually a Filipino-American, but she's living now in Kuala Lumpur, the capital of Malaysia, and I'm actually here in Manila, Philippines. So we're uh, literally, uh, you know, in the same part of the world, Southeast Asia, even though I'm from Canada, she's from the U.S., but somehow we both ended up here in different Southeast Asian uh, capitals. It's Carmela Razuma. Carmela Razuma, uh, she's the executive director, uh, the executive Flight. And uh, for those of you who don't know, it started by Nomadic Matt, uh, the world-famous travel blogger. So we're going to be finding out all about the origin story of Big Flight and vision uh, for the organization and how you can get involved. And uh, Camarillo is actually the founder of an amazing blog as well called No Wrong Turns. What an amazing URTurns.com. Uh, and uh, we'll be talking about her personal blog as well. So, Carmela, how are you doing in there in beautiful Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia? Hey, Ricky, I'm doing great. Dealing with the humidity by sitting inside my air-conditioned apartment, and I love it. <laughs> yes, I, I can definitely relate to that. Not in Canada. In Canada, we're freezing our bums off usually with the heaters on. But here in the um, uh, in, uh, Philippines, it is quite humid, just like I'm sure in Malaysia. Uh, so we have to, uh, you know, uh, waste electricity with air conditioning as well here, and it's not a, it's not that cheap. It's quite expensive for the air conditioning bill over I here. Know. <laughs> Everything else is cheap here in Philippines. For some reason the the air conditioning doesn't qualify as one of those cheap things. Uh, so Carmela, why don't we get to know you? Uh, why don't you share a little bit more about your background? Sure. So I am originally from the great state of New Jersey in the United States. I'm Filipino-American. My parents immigrated from the Philippines in the 70s. And so I uh, was born in New Jersey, have lived there my entire life, um, and really got to traveling, um, you know, mostly throughout my childhood. It's one of those things I I really took for granted. I, I have it on my bio on Flight's website, and I tell people that my first international experience um, blessed my mother's heart because she uh, took me to the Philippines solo at the age of three, and it was quite a roller coaster for her. Um, I, I mean, you're in the Philippines now, so I refused to ride in the jeepneys because they didn't have seat belts, and I wanted my car seat, and I was just, I guess, attached to my mom like every second of that whole trip but uh, I tell her I've come a long way in 30 plus years so um, I for a very long time um, I worked in uh, the nonprofit uh, local government sector in New York City uh, and around 2012 um, my husband my 
new husband and I at that time decided to take around the world honeymoon. And it was one of those trips where we felt that, okay, let's go to everywhere we want to go to in the world. We've always wanted to travel. So at the time I quit my job, we traveled for about four months and we thought, okay, this is it. Like, well, we're going to travel, get out of our system and we'll be fine. And then we'll just, you know, live a, a quote unquote normal life after that. But um, as you probably know, like when you travel, you meet other travelers, you learn about new places and the list of places I wanted to go to just got longer and longer. Um, so that really, I mean, we had traveled before individually in the past, but that trip kind of sealed our love for travel. Um, and then, you know, since then we, we went back to kind of working more conventional jobs, uh, nine to fives, but back in, um, December 2015, we decided to become, I think the catchphrase is location independent and live and work remotely. And so that's about two and a half years ago. So we've been doing that since and have been quite a number of places, but we have, we have no plans on returning just yet. Awesome. Thank you for elaborating uh, on uh, your backstory there. And as they say, the list is never ending, uh, you know, mm -hmm. even though we Traveling ourselves, we keep hearing about new places to go, and even our guests about amazing experiences. I'm like, oh man, now I gotta add that to the list and add that to the list. And uh, yeah, I think pretty much so. My dying days, I'll be uh, continuing to travel. It's just a big passion, uh, as it is for you. So, Carmela, let's hear about your own travel blog first before we get into the nonprofit. Do you and your husband you did this uh, the not just a two week vacation, but mm -hmm. you did extend honeymoon. Uh, tell us about uh, how that honeymoon turned into a travel blog and let's hear a little bit more about the origin story and the vision of No Wrong Turns, NoWrongTurns.com. So No Wrong Turns, I think that term has always been around. I think I, I think it was Mark Twain who, who wrote it at first, but I think for us uh, it was a, even before we started traveling, there was one weekend where we decided um, that we weren't going to plan what we were doing. So, you know, we had conventional jobs, so the weekends are sacred, right? So we decided one weekend, let's just get in the car. When we get to an intersection, let's pick right or left, and then we'll just figure out where we end up. And that that day, I think it, you know, took the course of one Saturday, but we found so many cool and new things in our local neighborhood in New Jersey. We found, you know, a, a cool furniture shop. We tried Langostine for the first time. But we really were only a couple miles from home. It was just a neighborhood we would have never gotten to otherwise. And so I think when we decided to do this extended honeymoon, uh, we decided to start a blog. We need to keep our family and friends in the loop of, of what we're doing. And so we, when thinking about a name for it, we thought about that No Wrong Turns Day and how you know that day really just was a great mindset. I mean, in its most basic form, it's just being able to explore and learn from every kind of turn or misadventure that may come about. And I think we've applied that not only for just traveling when, you know, finding directions or navigating, but really for, for life and for what we're doing. So, you know, we think about like, what's the worst that could happen? You know, what's the worst that could happen if we could quit our jobs and try to be location independent? And, you know, that's one of the things that we kind of try to live by as we, as we travel, as we explore. And, so that blog was the, the documentation of about four months of travel. And we I joke that we update it every other year since it's one of those things that is always on the plan B of our to-do list, but never kind of like full priority since we work on a lot of other exciting projects. Yeah, no, you don't know. No Wrong Turns is definitely more than just the travel. 
whole philosophy is a philosophy of life, even in business or uh, you matter what mistakes you make, you can actually learn from them. So no regrets and uh, learn from failures. So I love that whole philosophy. And I'm quite amazed you actually got that dot com, the no wrong turns dot com. It's so uh, memorable, so simple and uh, a great URL. I'm sure you get some good SEO and good, good, good uh, traffic <laughs> right. just from having that URL. So I'd love to hear about this whole journey to location independence. I, uh, you mentioned uh, you made this decision with your husband, and now you're actually based in Kuala Lumpur, uh, Malaysia. Tell us about that transition. I mean, you're from the U.S., uh, Jersey, Jersey girl, and uh, then you actually shifted, and you're no longer Jersey girl. You're a KL girl. I don't know if that's the term, uh, <laughs> but you are now, you know, now a Malaysian expat. So tell us about that transition. Was there a reason that Malaysia? Drew itself, and I love to hear a little bit about that So, I think the journey to become location independent. I like to keep it real, especially for a lot of my friends who wanna are just interested or want to do the same thing. So, I mean, the journey was kind of rough. It has its challenges since I did work in the nonprofit sector, you know, my entire life, and a lot of those careers don't naturally lend itself to remote work. You know, I'm not a web developer. I don't. Do drop shipping, or you know, I we're not we didn't I personally didn't have a career that translated cleanly into the remote working space, and so I kind of had to carve my own path. And so, um, how that happened was that we left in December 2015, um, went to Hawaii for about six months, which is the most expensive location independent place we can go to. Um, but luckily, uh, we had some savings, and also my husband um, has a career that does lend itself to remote work. So, um, But during that time, I did a lot of soul searching. I tried to hone in on what I was good at, um, what I wanted to do, and what needs were out there. And so um, I actually started my first remote work gig was really teaching online. Um, I'm a mathematician by education, and I actually taught at a university level for a couple of years. And so I started do, uh, teaching uh, or tutoring uh, math online. And that was probably the hardest I've worked for so little money in my entire life. But it was the first kind of dollar I made remotely, which was really amazing. And then um, from there, I, I think it's through a lot of um, networking for me and through a lot of just like really intentional um, soul searching, I was able to find um, some nonprofit clients. So I do, um, before I started as uh, Flight's executive director, I actually do consulting for nonprofits. I write grants, I do strategic planning, and I was able to find my niche of remote work that matched my skill set. And so through that, I've met so many great people. I worked with a, a really amazing NGO in Thailand that that uh, combats human trafficking. Um, I've gotten to interact with so many inspiring individuals who just build some nonprofit organizations from the ground up. And so um, that, in a nutshell, is my journey. I mean, oh, and then also, um, I have served on uh, Flight's Board of Directors since the organization's founding in 2015. And then earlier this year, um, there was an opening for the, a new executive director. And so um, I gladly applied and stepped up to the role and have been doing that. So for the past uh, six months, I've been doing that as well. And in many ways, that's my, it, this is my dream job. And so I'm, I'm thrilled to be doing this work.
Yeah, I mean, definitely a dream job in the, in the sense you're getting paid to travel and also to make a difference. I mean, uh, that seems like the perfect combo, right? Uh, travel, making money to life and of course in the world and, uh, you know, creating uh, uh, more peace and more love and uh, a better world. So I, I want to rewind it back to the origin of um, life. How did uh, Nomadic Math start it up and uh, what's the vision there? What's the background there? And then we'll go uh, kind of from the past to the present to the future. So let's rewind it back to the history and hear from the, the foundation. Sure. So Matt start, Matt, and uh, the first director of Flight, Courtney, founded Flight in July of 2015. And it started from a desire. So Matt, I love Matt's vision for Nomadic Matt in that he wants to give people the tools so that they can travel and they can travel cheap on a budget and realize that they can do it and make it for themselves. But I think there is that subset of people who don't, who because of their life circumstances just don't have that opportunity. So these are youth living in underserved communities where their schools, you know, don't have enough funding for proper textbooks or an art program. So let alone would they have access to international travel opportunities. And so, you know, Matt and Courtney saw that as a real need and as a way to inspire another generation of travelers. And so they founded Flight in 2015 with the goal of serving our, the youth living in these underserved communities so that their education can come alive. So, you know, that they could, you know, study Spanish in a Spanish speaking country or, you know, you know, meet locals and like really have the, what they're learning in the classroom to really translate to an experience that you can't, you know, understand from a video or from a textbook. It just makes it much more alive. And then also, um, as you know, travel kind of unleashes some untapped potential because you realize how big the world is and you realize that what you're capable of is far more limitless than the circumstances by which you grow up. So, you know, a lot of the students that we serve have never left their state, let alone never left the United States. And so, you know, flight is really wanting to empower another generation of youth through travel so that they could really understand their potential to change the world for the better. What a mission, what a mission, uh, definitely. It's so satisfying to actually be the director of it. Uh, you know, just hearing it, I'm just like, wow, you know, championing you on. But uh, to be the director, I'm sure, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, joy in it. But uh, so I would love to hear kind of about how, how it is to be the director. Uh, you know, how is it in terms of the team you are involved with? And tell us a little bit about your role and how it works and how many of the organization. Um, sorry, what was the last part of the question? How many people? How many? people oh. are on your team so that is an awesome question so flight is i like to say a young but mighty organization so we are just hitting our three-year mark and so i currently am a in terms of paid staff i'm a one-woman show so we let, we're trying to keep our operational costs as low as possible so i wear many hats um so for anything from helping to run our current program that's going abroad to doing the fundraising, our social media outreach, inter engaging with our amazing donors who, in my very biased opinion, are some of the best donors in the world, um, to kind of you know bridging relationships with potential corporate partners, to working with foundations. So for me, it's, it's a great learning experience since this is the world that I've lived in my whole life, but I've been seeing it, I'm now seeing it from every possible different angle. 
Um, but then at the same time, I'm also supported by a team of our board of directors and our volunteers who are super committed to flight and to the students that we serve. So, you know, I really, it really is an honor for me to serve in this position since there's so many people who support our work, who want to get involved and really want to make international travel a reality for our young people. One woman show wearing all of these multiple hats, uh, you know, incredible. Because when you think of like a nonprofit, you think of all those roles, and typically there's different people running all those roles. So the fact that you're doing it all with, with obviously your volunteers and board of directors, et cetera, is, uh, is incredible. Tell us about, you know, in terms of running, uh, you know, being the director of this uh, nonprofit, how does your week look like? Because you're in Asia. I assume you're working kind of on a North American time zone, which is kind of evenings for Asia, night times for Asia. Uh, tell us about how does your week look like uh, from Monday to Friday uh, in terms of the, the schedule, uh, what, what time do you start, what time do you end, and what kind of tasks and duties uh, are you doing during that however many hours? Let's hear a little bit about your uh, schedule. So my schedule, I mean, it varies from, from day to day, from week to week. So I think generally speaking, um, not only is it easier for me to work later days since um, I do have to talk to a lot of our donors or volunteers or board members that all are in the mainland of the United States. Um, but I'm also uh, a night owl by just nature. I like, I feel like my most productive in the early wee morning hours. So um, I usually, um, so in terms of Monday to Friday, and it's a little bit fluid, I, I sometimes work on the weekends too, but um, I think I dedicate at least two to three days of the week to be on the phone. So whether it's with our donors, um, it's our board of directors or with our volunteers, I try to schedule two-ish days of calls since um, it is a, a Herculean effort to schedule meetings and phone calls with people in other time zones. So that's why I kind of I'm humored by the fact that we're actually in the same time zone because I don't think I've spoken with someone in my time zone in months. Um, so about two of my days, I'm just on the phone talking to people, talking to potential volunteers too who find us through various means. Um, and then the other days are a combination of helping to uh, our current uh, school partner prepare for their next trip. So we actually have uh, a school, our, our partner this year is leaving on Friday to go to Guatemala. So I'm working with that teacher and that school to you know, finish up the last minute preparations and get make sure everything is ready for their trip. Um, and I'd like to say the unglamorous but glamorous part of my job is being on email. I probably uh, take great lengths to keep my inbox under control since I like to engage with our donors and with our supporters as much as possible. So a lot of that is via email. So people message us, message us um, you know, expressing support in our work, wanting to get involved. And then I just like doing outreach. So we've recently had a, a fundraising campaign where we got about uh, 240 new donors engaged in our work. And so I've been trying to you know, reach out to all of those individuals and thank them and hear their stories since, like I said before, our donors all have really interesting and inspiring stories about why they love travel and why they want to support flights. So uh, it's a, that's a big chunk of my work that I really try to um, commit to spending a lot of time on. Awesome. Thank you for sharing.
sharing uh, a night owl just like you. It's been tough. I've only been in Asia for a couple of months now, but uh, uh, typically I'm doing my interviews like at 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. or midnight because uh, midnight for me is like 9 a.m. Pacific for people in California. So they're like, okay, can we start in like 9 a.m. Pacific? I'm like, yes, but that's like time when I'm about to at midnight, but I just... I usually do it around uh, there in California or kind of like West Coast time. So can definitely relate to your kind of struggles there with the time zone. So I'm also grateful to be on the same time zone as my podcast guest here today. So uh, I already know this uh, answer, like, you know, in terms of the greatest need uh, is obviously money and finance like it is with any of it. Uh, but what are the, you know, I, I, would, I guess I would say what are the other biggest needs? Uh, 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 but obviously money is the biggest one, but tell us about all as a organization in its infancy or toddler stage. I think for us, one of our, our biggest needs, uh, number two to funding, would just be having a, a bigger outreach. So, you know, one blessing of having Matt as our co-founder is that he has a very wide reach. And so a lot of people already know about our work, but, um, you know, we would always love to expand our outreach and to get more people to learn about us and to be part of our community. And I like to say that because our donors are great, our supporters are great, and what really binds us all together is the, the belief in the power of travel to, to equalize and empower and transform lives. And so um, whether that's following us on social media, encouraging your friends to follow our work, um, signing up for our newsletter, we are accumulating a lot more content. So. Um, we have, uh, I love it, our, the students that are traveling with us this year have been posting on our blog, so sharing their stories and their perspective. Um, so the more people that we could show this amazing work to, the better. Because I like to believe that in our current kind of political and cultural state, um, you know, people are more divided and less likely to talk to others. But, you know, our goal here is to connect and to show people how beautiful travel is and how it's great to connect to the world and to other people. And so the more we can share our mission with other people, the, the better um, our work, uh, the bigger impact our work can make. And Carmela, you, uh, you mentioned Matt and I mentioned Matt, uh, you know, as a co-founder. Curious to know what is his involvement in terms of day-to-day uh, -day operations or kind of decision making? I know you're the executive director, so do you have pretty much full control of the direction of the ship? Mm -hmm. Or how is Matt involved? I'm curious to know about that. And I'm sure many other people will be curious to know his involvement in it. So Matt is really involved in a lot of the aspects of our work. So one thing that I love about the internet is that there's, you know, we're always connected. And so um, I pretty much update him on a weekly, if not daily basis on just different things that are happening. Um, in terms of like decision making, I think, you know, the, the real, the biggest decision I think we make every year is which school to select. Um, and so that's um, a shared decision making, um, a, a shared decision that's made between myself, um, a committee of uh, people who are on the application team, and then Matt as well. So um, that's probably the biggest decision we have to make. And then in terms of everything else, um, I think it's really shared amongst Matt, our board of directors, and myself. So it's a, a collaborative effort since there are so many nuances to this work. And Carmela, I'm curious to know what's the vision forward. Uh, you know, you're three years, you know, uh, the organization being founded. You as executive director now. Uh, where do you see the organization? What's kind of the best case scenario? What is the vision for for the? So, in my in our strategic plan and our collective vision for this work is that 
we at this point know how to do these trips. So we've partnered at this point with four different schools. Um, and you know, we know what it takes to get a group of students abroad and to have them have a really meaningful experience. So I think the long-term vision is for us to be able to serve more and more schools and more and more students. Um, every year, the hardest part of the job, I think, is that we have to turn down you know, almost nearly all but one of our applicants since we can only serve one school a year. So I think the long-term vision is for us to serve more and more schools every year. And, you know, in, con in conjunction with that, really make this experience for the students um, more continuous. So we're working at this point to develop our alumni network. At this point, we've served 37 students. Um, and with this next coming group, we would have served 16 more. So just being able to have uh, a resource for our flight alumni, and then also a resource for our teachers that we've worked with. Um, and just, just to really make this a, a holistic experience and to keep them engaged in this work as long as possible and also and really give them the tools they need to travel even beyond this trip that they're taking with flight. Sounds great. I look forward to seeing the vision uh, reality being able to help a lot more school, uh, you know, people experience the joys and the blessings of travel. So a lot of our listeners uh, on iTunes and the podcast directories and the viewers on YouTube might want to get involved uh, in terms of supporting you, uh, volunteering, creating awareness. Uh, if they are, uh, you know, wealthy digital nomads, maybe they might want to as well. Uh, but tell us about how are some of the ways that people uh, from our network, from our audience, can come and support uh, you. So our website is www.takeflight.org, and that's F-L-Y-T-E. Um, and from there, they can donate um, and also read more about our student stories, more about our organization, um, get updates on our blog from what's happening on the trip. And then people could also follow us on social media. We're also take underscore flight underscore org. Um, and then we're also on Twitter and Facebook with that same handle, takeflight.org. Awesome. And before we wrap up, I'm always uh, curious to know about your own personal kind of uh, future tra tra trajectories, a hard word to pronounce there. But you guys are based in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, your own personal travel blog. As we covered uh, the organization, but we started the personal, so let's end with the personal. What about you and your husband? What are your plans? Are you guys going to stay in KL, uh, relocate somewhere else? And us a little insight is leap, a glimpse into your own life. Um, so actually, we're we're pretty nomadic-ish. Uh, we like to stay at a place for a month or two at a time. So before KL, we were in uh, Chiang Mai, which is you know digital nomad heaven, um, you know the hub of everyone. Um, but we're actually headed to um, Bali at the end of the month uh, to meet up with some other friends and to go to that area for the first time. Um, and then beyond that, I think our plans are a little bit to be determined. Um, I, which I love and hate at the same time. Uh, we actually met a couple at the airport on our way to Kuala Lumpur, and they are from Kuching, which is another area of Malaysia. So I think we actually might check that out. Um, but the one thing I do know is that we will be in Austin, Texas, uh, September 20 to 22nd, which is when Matt is hosting TravelCon, which is uh, the first conference uh, that of its kind uh, that Matt is hosting. And so Flight is going to have a presence at that conference. And so I will be there. And um, that's probably the only thing we have planned in the fall. And all, the, all, all our other travel plans will fall around that. 
Sounds incredible. Definitely wishing you the best on a personal level, but also in terms of flight, uh, you know, amazing organization. So wishing you the best there in the future, impacting uh, lots of people around. So uh, once again, let's wrap up by finding out your uh, personal blog and all the company, uh, the nonprofit blog. Let's hear them, uh, the nonprofit website. What are the websites? Oh, sure. So flight is www.takeflight.org. That's T-A-K-E-S-L-Y-T-E.org. And my entertaining but somewhat inactive personal blog is No Wrong Turns. So that's www.nowrongturns.com. And we're also... Um, Perfect. Oh, sorry. Yes, and then... Sorry, I keep putting you off. <laughs> go on, go on, go on. Ladies first. Uh, I was going to say, um, also, we're, Flight is also on Instagram under TakeFlight.org. And then uh, we're also on Instagram personally as No Wrong Turns. We actually were able to nab that handle, too. That handle across the social media world and, also, of course, on uh, the domain as well. Yep. I'll have those links below. Uh, so if you're uh, watching this on YouTube, they'll be right in the YouTube description. Once again, it's No Wrong Turns. Dot com and take flight spelled f l y t e uh, dot org. Also, um, if you're on iTunes, or that, I'll be writing the show notes. So, thank you, Carmela, for thank being you on. So much, Ricky. And thank you, everyone, for lending us your eyes and your ears from around the world. And uh, make sure you grab a copy of my book too. I want to give a shout out to my own book, which is coming out this Father's Day, and it'll be available all over the web at Amazon.com and all of the other Amazons around the world as well. And nfblogger.com too. Uh, so thanks everyone and uh, make sure you support Camarilla's amazing organization, takeflight.org and uh, we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode. Happy travels!